Hello everyone, my name is Lou and welcome to my podcast called Anatomy Follows Physiology. I just got started with an introduction into the joints of the body. Joints are where the bones meet and allows the bones of the skeletal system to move. Next, we're going to kind of dive right into synovial joints, also known as diarthrotic joints. Um, And synovial joints contain synovial fluid and are surrounded by a joint capsule and stabilizing accessory structures. As I discussed earlier in the previous podcast episode, synovial joints are freely movable diarthrotic joints. So there's three main kinds of joints in the body. The acronym I had was SAD because, you know, sometimes we get SAD studying so much. Um, So you have your syn... syn I'm sorry, synarthrotic joints. Those are the immovable joints. And for arthrotic joints, the slightly movable joints, and the ones we'll be discussing, the um, diarthrotic or synovial movable joints. So there's a sort of capsule that surrounds the synovial joint. It's called the articular capsule or the joint capsule, just to keep it simple. It's sort of this two-layered kind of... um, capsule. It contains an inner synovial membrane and an outer fibrous capsule. And this membrane does not cover the articulating surfaces within the joint. That's protected by articular cartilage. So the components of synovial joints are a fibrous joint capsule, a synovial membrane, articular cartilages that um, prevent the bones from rubbing against each other, and a joint cavity, which is uh, full of synovial fluid. Um, And just remember about synovial joints, one key thing is that there's always a balance between range of motion and stability. It's If you have a joint that's more mobile, then you're sacrificing stability for it to be more mobile and vice versa. For example, if you want a joint to be very stable, then you're sacrificing mobility for the stability. So that's one thing to keep in mind in terms of synovial joint movement. Um, And they are stabilized with accessory structures. So we're going to get into those. So as I just mentioned, the bony surfaces of bones, when they make contact with each other, they can't just directly rub against one another. And so there's that special articular cartilage. It covers the articulating surfaces of the bones. So the bones where they meet together, where they articulate together, they're covered um, with articular cartilage. And you can think about articular cartilage as kind of like a uh, smooth plastic pad you'd put underneath your sofa so it's easier to move it about your home. Um, That's kind of what articular cartilage is like. So that way when you're moving your your bones and your appendages, you're not having bones slide on bone. It's just a smooth uh, sliding um, because of that articular cartilage. And articular cartilage resembles hyaline cartilage, um, which is found most, you know, most in the body. Um, it, articular cartilage has no perichondrium, which is a fibrous sheath that we discussed that kind of wraps around bones. Um, it's like this membrane that kind of is ra- you kind of wrap presence the way you would wrap presence. Bones are wrapped in. Um, perichondrium, sort of like this outer membrane, but articular cartilage does not have that. Instead, it has a matrix that contains more water than that of other cartilage. So the main purpose of articular cartilage is that smooth, slick lubricant meant to minimize friction between the bones. 
And then we'll move into synovial fluid, which you'll find in the joint cavity or the synovial cavity. And it kind of resembles interstitial fluid uh, because it contains proteoglycans, uh, I'm sorry, proteoglycans, uh, which has a high concentration of hyaluronin secreted by fibroblasts. Um, and it kind of has this very clear, viscous consistency, kind of like the consistency of an egg yolk. Um, so that's synovial fluid. And the actual total quantity of synovial fluid in a joint is really small. It's actually less than three milliliters. So that's a small amount that you'll find in your joints. So its primary functions, again, lubrication, um, articular cartilages kind of act like a sponge. Um, so they, that's why they're filled with the synovial fluid or surrounded by it. Um, and that kind of helps to reduce friction. Nutrient distribution is another uh, function of synovial fluid. And because um, articular cartilage, like any other cartilage, is avascular, um, you know, chondrocytes, they need a way to dispose of their waste in addition to getting their nutrients. So synovial fluid helps with that. They help with that via diffusion across capillary walls. And lastly, um, the last kind of main function of uh, synovial fluid is shock absorption. It helps to cushion the joints that are subjected to compression from shocks and sudden impacts. So, and that's, you know, why synovial fluid is a little bit viscous, uh, because it can withstand the shock or the impact uh, from maybe some sort of increased pressure or from some force. Now we can get into the accessory structures of synovial joints. Um, we have a variety that for uh, that fo focus on protecting and stabilizing the joints, such as pat cartilage pads, fat pads, ligaments, tendons, bursae. Um, so let's just get it right into it. In several joints, including the knees, uh, knee pads, pads are made of um, fibrocartilage or fat. It could be a, f um, a fat pad or a cartilage pad, and they lie in uh, between the opposing articular surfaces. So a fibrocartilage pad is called a meniscus, and you'll see this located between opposing bones within a synovial joint. You'll often see them as a lateral or medial meniscus, plural is menisci, and they sub menisci subdivide a synovial cavity, which allows the flow, um, channels the flow of synovial fluid, or allows for the variations in the shapes of their articular surfaces as the body moves. Uh, fat pads are localized um, little pockets of fat that kind of cover, um, are covered by a layer of synovial membrane. Um, so they're commonly superficial to the joint capsule um, and they protect the articular cartilages and act sort of like a packing material for the joint. So they kind of fill in that space created by the joint cavity as the joint cavity changes its shape as you move. Next up is ligaments. Um, accessory ligaments are localized thickenings that support, strengthen, and reinforce synovial joints. So a ligament actually, you know, ligaments and, tendon, ligaments and tendons, I'm sure many, many of you might have actually heard them, but or might, might not be sure what they are. Um, ligaments uh, connect bone to bone, and tendons tend to mend bone to muscle. Um, so... There's a few um, little mnemonics that you can find online about remembering ligaments and tendons to remember what they do. Um, 
extracapsular ligaments are outside the joint capsule, while intracapsular ligaments are inside the joint capsule. And as I said, tendons uh, tend to mend bone to muscle. <laughs> That's kind of a way I remember it just by saying that, you know, tendons tend to mend bone to muscle. So they, um, what they'll do is they play a stabilizing role in the joint. And um, in, you know, in line with making that stability, tendons passing across or around a joint may limit the joint's range of motion, um, providing more of that mechanical support. Next, uh, we have as an accessory structure to synovial joints, bursae, uh, or singular bursa, which is this small little pouch or sac. It's kind of a small, thin, fluid-filled pocket in connective tissue, and it works to reduce friction and it acts as a shock absorber. So bursa contain synovial fluid, and they're lined by a synovial membrane. And they may be connected to the joint cavity, or they may be separate from it. So they might be next to the joint cavity rather than in it. Um, and they form where a tendon or ligament rubs against other tissues because, again, they serve to reduce friction and absorb shock. Um, and they're often located around most synovial joints, especially the shoulder joint, which is the most mobile joint, uh, synovial joint in the body. Bursae may also appear deep to the skin, covering a bone or lying within uh, other connective tissues exposed to friction or pressure because, again, their main purpose is to reduce friction and absorb shock. There's other factors that help to stabilize synovial joints, such as the collagen fibers in the joint capsule, um, the shapes of the articulating surfaces, the menisci, the presence of accessory structures like fat pads and uh, fibro pads, skeletal muscles like uh, tendons, and tension in tendons um, that are help the uh, you know attach the bones uh, to the muscles, uh, the articulating bones. For example, the hip joint is stabilized by the shapes of the bones, where you know like for like really the head of the femur projects directly and fits really snug in the acetabulum or acetabulum of the hip bone. In contrast, the elbow, which is another stable joint, um, gains its stability from the interlocking shapes of the articulating bones. You'll notice that the ulnar bone is kind of like that U-shaped at the head at the, well, I'm not sorry, I'm not at the head, but at the end of it. And it kind of yeah, well, that is at the head of the ulna um, to kind of help add more stability to that joint. And this kind of sums up our um, kind of little somewhat dive into diarthrotic joints. Um, we're going to dive more into the different types of synovial joints and the different types of their movement in the next podcast. So please stay tuned. Thank you so much.